There will be so many more challenges and you have to face them. You know, like you are you and you can't expect others to do something in order for you to feel better. You have to do it yourself. And I think by just canceling those filters or whatever, or saying, Kim Kardashian, please gain weight again. No, we, we can't help people. You know, you have to become strong inside so that doesn't even affect you anymore. And I think that's a learning experience by, by, by seeing someone looking super different and knowing, oh, they're just using a filter. Like, it doesn't affect me because I know it's fake. To Life is Lisa podcast. Our mission at La Frislise is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. And today we have a very empowering guest with a very empowering story. And as we all know, the most empowering stories come from the personal challenges that the person has overcome. And indeed, she has overcome quite a big challenge She went on her first diet almost 10 years ago and ever since then has developed uh, strange relationships with food, either losing weight and become, looking toned and lean and then gaining weight through binge eating and not being able to cope with the extreme dieting. But now she has managed to find a way. And not only she has managed to find a way for herself personally, which is already a huge accomplishment, She is sharing it with a huge community of people. She has created the S Diary series on YouTube, which are so useful and so relatable. You can really feel that she is showing her true self and not pretending to be anyone else. And also she is sharing very nice and relatable tips on TikTok to her huge community of almost 7,000 people and also connected with her community on Instagram. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. Samira, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm so excited. <laughs> and, I'm uh, excited to be here. And I was thinking, let's start our conversation uh, with how your story started. If we go back 10 years ago and you decided to go on your first night, why did you decide to go on your first night? What were your thoughts at, this, at that point? Um, yeah, it's funny. It's like um, 10 and a half years ago now. It was in April 2012, I think. Yeah, 2012. And um, I was in my first or my second year of university and you know, I wouldn't move so much anymore. I would study all the time. I had like a Burger King next to uni and or next to the train station. Whenever I was, was waiting for the train, I would have like a, uh, a Big Mac or like a burger, a Whopper, whatever you can get there. <laughs> and then at home, I would have more food. I would um, cook with my then boyfriend and I gained like five, seven kilos or something, you know, and I already noticed that all of my clothing were much, much tighter and stuff. And, um, I decided to go on my first diet because I didn't feel comfortable anymore. And I did it in a very healthy way. You know, I, I started, um, working out like my ex-boyfriend back then he introduced me into like, um, gym and everything. And it worked, you know, I lost the weight I had gained in a very healthy, um, way, nothing extreme. Like it took me a month, you know, like five kilos or something. And I don't know, four months or something super healthy, you know, nothing extreme. Um, but I hated uni. I hated university. I didn't like what I was studying. I was unhappy. You know, I studied business administration. I just went in there because I didn't really know what else to do. I was young um, and I was modeling semi-professional and um, I knew I would get back then, like 10 years ago, the, the market was just different. You know, you were either very plus size or very, very thin, you know, These days we have like a regular size. Um, so women like with natural figures can work as well. But back then I had to be super skinny, you know? So I thought, oh, if you lose a few more kilos, um, you'll get better job and you can drop out of uni, you know? And that's what I've tried and I did not succeed. <laughs> Luckily, you know, I always say, Because it's very, very heavy, but um, basically I was a um, failed anorexic. You know, I tried to to not eat, um, but my brain took care of myself and I became a bulimic. I just couldn't not eat, you know, which I'm very grateful for. Um, 
the silver lining, you know, that I was never able to actually um, not eat any longer, which can be super like life-threatening, you know. So yeah, that's how it started. So did you did you become bulimic after you started the dieting, or how how did it? How yeah. Did it so I lost the weight, the initial weight I wanted to lose, you know, those five, six kilos, whatever it was, I can't remember anymore. And then when I started to, I had a big casting coming up and I think I had four weeks or something. So I would really just eat nothing or try to eat nothing. I would only eat like watermelon and lentil soup and I would like mix it with water so I had the same volume but less calories like some crazy stuff like that and that worked um for a few weeks but at some point your body just takes what it needs you know and that's when I had my first um binge attack and obviously I didn't binge on strawberries or on salad or something, you know, like you binge on the forbidden, the things diet culture claims to be bad, like cookies and I don't know, like fast food and processed food and stuff. And so I went to the grocery store and I had a huge like binge haul, you know, I bought everything I would forbid myself and then I would eat everything within, I don't know, like less than 10 minutes and then I felt regret. It was the first time that I was like, oh no, you know, like your progress, you, what did you do? And then I obviously went back on a diet to compensate, you know, and that was the beginning. Like I always say those binge attacks were a habit, like, and they, they became so intense and, um, because they, um, I did the, I, like I entered the, this, uh, I did it over and over again. You know, I, I went back on a diet then until I, I couldn't um, resist the urge any longer. I had another binge attack and then I felt huge regret and guilt. So I went back on a very, even more restrictive diet and that's how I entered the entire, um, cycle. And, um, if you do something over and over again, it becomes a habit and effortlessly, you know, and yeah, but yeah. I didn't know that back then. So I thought, you know, what I was doing, compensating and making up for the calories I had yesterday by skipping breakfast today. I thought that was the right way to do. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like if we could go back in time and actually speak to our younger selves, definitely, yeah. so many things we could have mentioned and said that would definitely help them and just also giving a big warm hug to that person who's yeah. trying their best and they just don't know any better. Yeah. So if anyone is now you 10 years ago in starting this cycle or in the midst of the cycle, if you could go back to younger self and say a few words, what would you actually say? I would say, um, stop dieting. Like the first thing I would say is stop dieting. And if, and then I would tell myself, if it's not possible for you to maintain such a low weight or even reach that low weight, it's not natural for you. You'll never be able to to maintain that weight without um, paying a big, big price, you know, and which which is your mental health, but also your physical health. I would tell my younger self that all the models you see online. Um, they go through the same stuff, you know, they starve themselves. Like a, a woman, my height, like I'm almost 180 centimeters, like 5'11 almost. It's impossible to maintain a weight of a woman that is five foot five, you know? Um, and then I would tell her to find, uh, to pursue a different career. If, if there's no market for you, if, um, because for me back then it was the main reason because I wanted to work. Um, I wanted to do it professionally, the modeling, and that's why I wanted to lose more weight, you know? Um, that's what I would say, but I would definitely also say, um, the models are not transparent. You know, when you see these days, um, I mean, I would never, I'm not a person, like, I don't blame anyone, you know, I would never blame like Nicole Richie for being too skinny back then or anything. It's also just a human being, you know, what, what is she supposed to do? Travel back in time and eat more. So I feel better. I would never do that. But what I find a bit sad is that 
there was never any transparency that like very thin models or people claimed to be just natural and balanced whilst they were actually um, under eating to maintain such a low weight because, you know, it's just not possible. And I didn't know that. I thought, but she can look like that. Why isn't it working for me? You know, and I would never expect people to be bigger in order for me to feel better, but maybe just not lying and being transparent that the way they look like is um, not possible in a natural and healthy way. It's very interesting because I remember I was watching a video from a Victoria's Secret model. I think her name is Romy, the Dutch one. And she was also saying that her relationship with foods and how actually by having all of these diets to maintain a certain look, she actually developed these health issues that she didn't have her period. And then mm. because she was traveling as a teenager following the diets and all of these things and she was just didn't even realize what she was doing to her body yeah and it's so interesting how only now late a bit later this story started coming out and also which shows that there are healthy ways of maintain, maintaining a healthy body is one thing but also there's so many unhealthy ways and mm -hmm. when someone doesn't tell you that they're following and doing something unhealthy and just pretending that that's normal yeah we're also i feel like these days I, there are so many filters on Instagram or so many yeah. editing programs that people can just use and completely edit the image out. And if you look at the pictures, other people who, uh, on social media who actually use the filters and you feel like they look like that all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you see yourself from all the angles in the morning after you just had food, you know, when, yeah, you, I don't yeah. know, getting puffy and you feel like you are different and, you know, people look way better than you do without realizing yeah. that you see only one picture where they look their best, where they uh, under certain light in a certain shape. And I was wondering, what's your opinion on this whole social media and using so many filters that change the body, uh, especially yeah. on TikTok? Um, I might have a different opinion. I mean, I totally agree. You know, I think like, what is it called? Like face filter? face, um, not face, <laughs> face app, <laughs> face app. It's called like, and you can tell immediately, you know, everyone is using the same, um, face filter or whatever it's called from face app. Um, and what I like the, I, it's maybe a bit controversial, you know, but so for me, I think, <laughs> it, so I started my very first, like I started my diet because I gained weight back then, but also my ex-boyfriend said something. He said, um, yeah, you look different when I met you. And obviously I was super in love. You know, I didn't want to like, I was like, oh, okay. Even he noticed it, you know, so you better start a diet. I would never, ever, ever blame him for everything that came after though. And I think it's the same with social media. When you see these days, like Kim Kardashian lost weight and now everyone is worried that like people um, want to be skinny again. I mean, I understand like they have a different role and stuff, you know, but it like blaming others won't help you with your situation. What can help you? I also shared that like though that um, Victoria's Secret song on, on TikTok was... Um, was trending and um, is realizing or is basically um, you can protect yourself by realizing that they use, that they are using filters, that they are not natural by knowing that, by educating yourself, by, by knowing that it's unrealistic for, for instance, a woman my height to be super, super skinny, you know, it's just and by, by wanting to, um, or by, by saying it's, it's, it's bad and it's not, um, it shouldn't be shown or something. I think you won't help anyone, you know, like it's, it's, I think it's so much more effective if you, if you see that, but if you are aware that it's fake, you know, and that way it doesn't come close to you, you know, because you can, you could, you could use the same filter, you know, and look the same way, you know? Um, so I agree that it is way too much filter and I don't understand. I have like, I know people and they, they, they are beautiful, you know, and they using the filter and I, I just don't understand why, but, um, 
I'm not for like canceling those things or stuff, you know, because it just makes you stronger. You know, it makes you, it makes you be, how, how do you say not independent? Um, uh, like, mm, I don't know the word. Yeah. Like just, um, do your thing, you know, like, I don't know how to, how to explain, but, um, Because like, it goes very deep, but there will be so many more challenges and you have to face them, you know, like you are you and you can't expect others to do something in order for you to feel better. You have to do it yourself. And I think by just canceling those filters or whatever, or saying, Kim Kardashian, please gain weight again. No, we, we can't help people. You know, you have to become strong inside. So that doesn't even affect you anymore. And I think that's a learning experience by, by, by seeing someone looking super different and knowing, oh, they're just using a filter. Like it doesn't affect me because I know it's fake, you know? So that's where I wanted to go. <laughs> my girl, I, my girl, I don't know why you mentioned that might be a controversial opinion because I 100% agree with that. Yeah. And I feel like whenever we try to put the power on something external, because when you say they should not be doing X, you're removing the power from yourself because you can feel confident mm -hmm. regardless of the external circumstances. It depends on you. And when you say, I don't feel confident because someone did X, you put the power in that exactly. instead of power in your own hands. Exactly. And I think the main, the main point that I was trying to make is just to realize that some things that we might see on social media is or could be fake. It could be like to not view it and just that that's the reality and that's how people are and that's like 100% how they look and stuff like yeah. that. Realizing that there might be filters that the person used, that might be certain angles that they filmed in and just also not not comparing yourself, which is some, another topic I really want to forget in with, uh, to talk about with you because we all know that we're all unique and that we should not be comparing. And I wanted to ask, do you still compare? I, I remember I was seeing some of the notes that we were saying that everyone is unique, don't compare. Do mm -hmm. you still find yourself comparing? And if no, how did you achieve it? And if yes, in which circumstances do you still find yourself comparing? Um, I always say be unique, be you, because, you know, there's no better way than being unique, just being you, because there's just one you. Um, I don't compare myself. No, like, no, like definitely not on like, um, like look wise, you know, like I don't compare. I must, yeah, back then I definitely compared myself. I, I like, um, I thought you're the same height as those models, you know, why do you, why, why is your body different and stuff? Um, I see like when I see something, but I'm, I'm speaking more of like, um, business goals and stuff like that, you know, I'm more like, like admired by someone, you know, and I inspire inspired, but in comparison, I think it doesn't have to always be negative. You can be, um, you can be inspired, but you, I think you always have to be realistic. You know, that's the thing. Um, if, because eventually, like, even when I say, you know, like the, the body I have today, like is, is even if I don't work out for like, I don't know, like four, six, eight weeks, like it won't change, but everyone also has a different figure. We can, we can, you know, even if we all ate the same, did the same workout, we still have a different body shape, you know, like my shoulders are very broad, um, which, which, um, but my legs are super long, you know, like then there's might be another woman that has shorter legs, but super, um, um, like small shoulders and stuff, you know? Um, so everyone is built. So we can't even compare because even if we all, all did the same thing, you know, we were different because we're in unique, but, um, no, I don't com compare myself at all. Um, of course there are things, um, sometimes I annoyed, I'm an, I'm annoyed by, you know, especially I think as a woman, you know, like one day you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I love myself. And the next day it's like, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to look at myself. <laughs> I think that's completely natural. And, um, 
um, expecting something else is unrealistic. Also like too much pressure, you know, like, yes, I love myself, but there are definitely days I don't want to look into the mirror and that's, that's okay. You know, I found it so interesting how I was looking through my camera roll and I would look at some of my pictures that I've taken like a year ago. And I, uh, and I would be like, oh my God, I looked so beautiful. And why, when I was in the moment, I would find a fault or something that I did not like. I'm like, oh, my hair this day did not look so good or, you know, something else. And it's so interesting how looking back at the pictures, I was like, oh my God, you know, I just looked so beautiful in this picture. Why yeah, would yeah. I even trying to find some like something that I did not like about myself. And it's quite interesting because when you said, uh, as, as women, that's something that we tend to do some days, you're like, oh my God, I love myself. Some other days, it's like, I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but it's always in hindsight, right? Like when I, um, so last year, I, when I, all the before pictures I always share, like, um, it happened like I gained 12 kilos in less than six weeks, what, which is a huge amount in such a short amount of time. And I wasn't even like, it wasn't even what bothered, what bothered me wasn't the fact that I gained weight. It was the fact that I gained so much weight in such a short amount of time by not being able to stop eating. And before that I was like, I am today, you know, and I always wanted like two years ago, I, I wanted to lose like three more kilos, you know, because I had this number in my head and then I gained like 12 kilos instead of losing three kilos. And when I then looked at my before pictures, I was like, what was wrong with you? You know, you looked amazing. Like and almost too thin. Like, why did you want to lose more weight? So that's why I'm, I'm grateful for everything that happened because it actually truly opened my eyes. You know, like I was, I wasn't seeing, I don't know what I saw, but yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I also think that developing a healthy relationship with food is related a lot to developing a healthy relationship with yourself and a healthy love and relationship with yourself where you can actually listen to yourself, you check in with yourself, how you're feeling and able to like respect and cater and love yourself. And I feel mm. like when that grows, then also relationships with food or anything else in your life also get better. And I was wondering how did developing a better relationship with yourself and working on your mind that also has helped or improved your journey? Um, I must honestly say that I never had a bad relationship with myself. I was always very, like, very lucky. You know, I, I was a kid. I was allowed to say, to speak my mind and stuff. You know, I was always very confident. And, um, but I think I would almost say maybe it was some sort of arrogance, like when I thought, no, but you can lose more weight, you know, like, I don't know, like maybe it was also um, something I wanted to, because I made everything dependent on losing a bit of a, a few um, more kilos. You know, when I was modeling, I made like my career dependent on, oh yeah, when I lose five more kilos, then I can get better jobs, you know, and when I stopped modeling and then I started like um, sharing my stuff, like um, I wanted to create a YouTube channel and be on TikTok and stuff. And I thought if you're a bit thinner, you'll be much more um, successful. You know, like it was always, I made everything dependent on the weight. And what actually really changed was that those 12 kilos I've gained and me realizing that I was never recovered or never healed in any way for the almost 10 years, you know, and that I just was sick of dieting. I was sick of overthinking. I was sick of, um, envying friends they, that could just, um, put food aside, you know, when they were full, like when I was eating, when I had dinner with a friend and she was full, she would stop. And I wouldn't understand. I was envying her. Like, how can she just stop? Like I have to finish, you know, like just this weird, it, it wasn't, there wasn't ex no extreme anymore. You know, three years in the beginning, I was bulimic. Like I overcame that in 2016. But still, I'm, I was far from having a normal relationship with food. So the, so the wish or the desire to be normal again, that was basic, was what helped me, 
um, give up dieting. And then everything that resulted, you know, like sharing it, making it a career, you know, like that's what I'm doing for a living, sharing um, um, my story and helping others and everything. I think, um, but also I think um, just realizing that there are things that are much more important than a look, you know, than a certain weight. And I must honestly say, I can't tell you what exactly changed because today I'm at the same, like I have the same figure as back then when I still wanted to lose three, five kilos, but today I'm happy with myself. I don't want to lose any more weight. I don't know what, maybe, yeah, maybe it's, it was also just having a new, a new task, you know, a new, um, a career, just a new life. Like, um, yeah, I, I think I realized that life is so much more like what I really love about what I'm doing is helping others, like getting all those messages from women saying, Oh my God, I never thought I was binge eating for 10 years. And I haven't like this morning, I read a message and she told me she, she bought my book in February and she was a binge eater for 10 years and she had no binge attacks since February. And it's just this, you know, is, and that made me realize that life is so much more than just me wanting to wait a certain, see a certain number on the scale, you know, like it's so much bigger. You can do so much more in life than, than achieving a goal weight, you know, maybe I, but I think, you know, I think you're so, um, caught in, in, in ideas sometimes that you lose, lose yourself and what you really want. Yeah. And I think it's just so beautiful how your journey came from, you wanted to be a model, wanted to lose the weight and maybe then you embarked on this whole journey and then actually the whole journey now became your actual career and you feel so fulfilled. And I can imagine by actually helping people, like actually changing their lives and because of you, because of you being able to share your story, everything that you've learned and impact them forever. And I cannot imagine a more fulfilling thing that you could ever do. And it's interesting how you had to go through this whole yourself. (laughs) We don't wish it on anyone to go through 10 years of trying to build a good relationship with food, trying to understand yourself, but now that you're helping so many people. And I just, I I was reading the messages from the, you also have a section on your social media where you share the messages from the people and it's literally the sweetest messages who change your life. Those messages give me goosebumps when I read them. And I'm sure it's something that keeps you going and keeps you creative and yeah it's, yeah, it's a very fulfilling career. And I was also very impressed by your book and the content that you put together. And I also wanted to ask a few questions there. I um, I saw in one of the questions you mentioned that you just you just built the approach on your person personal way and based on the brain science and what worked for you. And um, I just wanted to hear a bit more about like how why did you decide to do it like that? Why didn't you go to some other experts? Mm-hmm. And, what was your journey there? Um, so when I was bulimic, um, I no one knew. I, I didn't tell anyone, but obviously, like close friends, like one of my closest friends or even my mom, they would see that I was only eating salads and da da da. You know, so they ask like, "Are you right?" And but maybe you should get help and stuff. But I was never, I never resonated with the idea of seeing a therapist or anything because I knew what was wrong with me. I wanted to lose more weight in order to get better jobs and I wouldn't give that up. You know, like, um, I had a wonderful childhood. Like I had, I think I have normal, like, um, problems like anyone else, you know? Um, but, um, I was loved, I was hurt, you know, like there was nothing. And also I started my first diet at the age of 22. Like I was never dieting in my teens or anything like that. Um, so that's why I always knew, like, I don't believe that, um, a therapist would, um, like, like sitting down with someone and, you know, that's, I never did a therapy. So that's how I don't want to like judge it or anything, but that's how I imagine it. Um, 
talking about my past, you know, or my childhood. I, I was like, no, like I would, I would need someone like, that's what I thought back then. I need someone that can tell me how I can lose weight without having the stupid binge attacks. You know, that was what was in my head. Um, but I never realized that I just have to stop wanting to lose weight, you know, that that is the, the solution. Um, and when I, when um, a couple of years ago, when I gained those 12 kilos, I realized, okay, like Samira, something is wrong, you know, like this didn't just happen like that. You know, I'm, when I'm saying, when I'm saying 12 kilos, I wasn't thinking about like me being bigger. I was thinking about the fact that this even happened. Like you don't just randomly gain 12 kilos because you can't stop eating in less than six weeks. It's not normal, you know? Um, so I realized something is wrong with you and you have to, um, yeah, you, ha you have to, you have to get better because this can continue like this, you know, like, I was dieting for years and wasn't, you know, I was canceling weddings and stuff like in like birthday parties because I wanted to go on another diet, you know, it was like too much, you know, it was consuming my life. Um, and then I Googled, no, I went on YouTube and I typed in how to stop binge eating because I Googled how to stop binge eating. And all I could find was like, do yoga, call a friend, drink water. I was like, okay, BS doesn't work for me. You know, I know it won't work for me. And then I stumbled upon, um, a guy's video. It was a man and he said how you can stop binge eating. And it was a very in-depth uh, video and he recommended a book, um, I ordered the book and like 10 other books, you know, like Amazon, when you order one, they recommend other books. So I think I ordered like eight books or something and they arrived and I started reading them all. And the, um, the author, um, Catherine Hansen. So the book is called, um, brain over binge. Um, she explains like she was bulimic as well for many years. And she, um, she um, did therapy, traditional therapy, and it never worked for her. And she talked about how um, the binge attacks are habits, you know, and for the first time it made sense to me. I was like, oh my God, yeah, because it feels like I can't do anything against it, you know. But then I wasn't bulimic anymore. And I was like, I don't know if this works for me because I am not a bulimic anymore. I just, I didn't have like huge binge attacks anymore. I just couldn't stop eating and I felt the guilt, you know? So I just educated my, like I read further and I educated myself more and everything. And that's how I came up with my book because I was um, struggling with um, binge eating, emotional eating and compulsive eating and the diet mindset, the yo-yo dieting. And that's what I talk about in, in my book and compulsive eating is something like when, when you have to finish the plate, you know, when you, when you buy a bag of cookies and you can't just have one, you have to finish all of them. That was my biggest issue and not bulimia or binge eating anymore. Um, but it's, you can heal everything in a very similar way and a similar approach. And, um, yeah, that's what I'm sharing in my book. And, um, um, but yeah, through, um, her book, Brain Over Binge, Catherine Hansen definitely gave me a new perspective and the answer because I could not, I wouldn't, um, like traditional therapy wasn't for me, you know, it was never, it never said right with me, like to, to find, to try to find some childhood trauma and then hope to stop, uh, binge eating. I, I mean, I still believe it doesn't work. You know, I think that's why people relapse and yeah. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. also I think the thing that I just absolutely love about you is how you take full ownership or whatever happened is happening yeah. in your life. You don't want to place it on something that happened in your childhood. And of course, yeah. I don't want to sound like bad things could not have happened in people's childhood that actually impacted them badly. Yeah, no, totally. 100%. That's not what I'm saying. I actually read recently a book, which is called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm -hmm. And I was completely mind blown by the impact of childhood trauma and how it impacts the brain. And then again, the mm -hmm. brain is completely rewired and has not managed to develop properly. So I'm not dismissing that. But I just really love the approach that you're taking completely uh, opposite to the victim mindset, you have yeah. the empowerment mindset. 
I can do something about it. I know what's the problem. I'm looking for the solution. Yeah. I found actually the solution. I've written this book and now it's also helping others because they're, they think it's, it's incredible that I, I feel like you give power back to people because you tell them it's actually something that you're doing, meaning you can also change it. You can rewire your brain. Exactly. And I, I love that because I feel like that's something that could be a bit different in today's culture that there is more mm-hmm. mindset versus empowering mindset. And for the longest time I had as my phone cover, I had a quote that said, everything is my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone would, when they would see my phone, they were like, Lisa, are you depressed? Are you okay? What are you, why do you have this quote as <laughs> your phone cover? And from my side, I would, I would say, you don't understand. This is the most empowering quote. Because if something is my fault, mm-hmm. I can do something to change it. Mm-hmm. There's something that's under my influence, something that I can do differently in the future, could have done. And then I feel this gives power back to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I put the power on something external and say like, yeah, exactly. it's not in your hands. I could have done nothing, nothing I could have done. It was all what's on my God. It's like so outside of my head. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think... You know, I always say like, of course, I want to help you um, overcome your eating struggles, but I also want to help you become confident. And by confidence, I don't mean like that you look into the mirror and say, I'm so hot or something, you know, like that's not real confidence. You know, most of the time um, I looked in the mirror and I felt uh, and I, I, I looked at myself and I and I thought, yeah, you look good, but I still was not confident when it came to eating. And when you're like, confidence is the key to everything, you know, like, because it's true. Like if you take accountability and you can, you can do whatever you want, you know, and like, you just have to believe in yourself and you have to be confident and um, not the fake confidence, you know, like I'm a hot woman. Or da, da, da. I mean, of course, yeah, if, if you think you're hot, great, you know, like, I'm not saying that's anything wrong, but like in life, you know, that you can achieve whatever you want because yeah, you, you're the, you're the, another, you know, phrase, you're the creator of your life, you know, and it's so true but you obviously need confidence. You need to believe in yourself. And I think um, taking accountability and not blaming others is the first step in, 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 in getting there, you know? So if you successfully overcame like your eating struggles, because you take the accountability, you no longer um, blame your ex-boyfriend or kids in school that like, that were that bullied you or something of course that's horrible and we all have our reasons why we are here but blaming them won't change anything about our situation only we can change our situation and that's why you have to be confident and believe in yourself <laughs> it's it's so interesting because actually one of the questions that i also wrote down as i was preparing for the interview i wrote down what is confidence for you and <laughs> and you just answered it what yeah. is for you and i love that and yeah. I'm, I'm really on also in a personal quest to discover why so many girls in, in their early 20s feel so not confident. And I feel like if you don't feel confident, you will not go for your dreams. You will not take some opportunities just because you don't trust yourself. You don't feel confident. And I always was quite lucky because I always felt confident and trusted myself that I could just do it. And as you mentioned, confidence is so much beyond just the way you look, but also mm-hmm. having this trust in yourself that you can do it. And once you show up with confidence, you also are way more likely to succeed in whatever you set out to do because you know you can do it and then you're more likely to actually be able to do it. So what are your thoughts why so many young girls do not feel confident? Do you think it's because they don't take ownership? or No, I, th- I think it's just a um, little life experience. You know, like, I mean, look let's let's take another example let's say dating you know like um unless you 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 meet someone when you're 16 and you marry them when you're 25 and you have kids with them when you're 30 you know it's not the usual thing like like i dated okay 10 years ago i was in a relationship but let's say 8 years ago i dated completely different back then than i do these days you know and i think um of course, I would never, I, I feel super sorry for like people that are not confident in terms of like, 
I'm not worth anything or stuff like that, you know, but not being super confident by the age of 20 or 17 or 22 is I think normal, you know, and you and I, I mean, I'm 32 now, I'll probably be even more confident in 10 years, you know, because I'll just have more life experience. You, I think what makes you confident is just like, um, is are things you go through, you know, like um, your experience and that might be it. But then obviously I can also imagine, um, yeah, like going back to the social media, you know, like, um, seeing, seeing all those beautiful people, you know, and, and yeah, you look different and maybe, um, or not maybe, but most likely like a 20 year old or like 15 year old isn't that mature, mature yet to, to, to know that these people are fake or using filters and stuff like that, you know? So I think it's a lot together. It's a lot, it's a lot of things, but I think definitely um, life experience makes us more confident um, the older we get, you know, like older people, they're so much more relaxed because they went through so many more things, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And I think hopefully that they went through things and most of the things that they went through, actually they managed to view them in an empowering light because I, I also believe that, if you view some events in non-empowering light, you can also become less and less confident because you haven't some bad experience and you can start blaming yourself and yeah. get more and more um, not confident. But also I absolutely agree with you because I remember when I just started my job and it's more work-related uh, than looks-related, but I remember when I started my job and like some, I would do something and I was like, oh my God, the whole project will fail because of this and you get so nervous and... Uh, you just don't, you just don't have the life experience. You don't know that in the end it will be fine. Whereas now, now when something goes wrong, it's like, oh, I know how to fix it. I'm so much more relaxed. I know how to exactly. deal with it. Where just because you already have that experience. And, and that's why I, I do agree with you. And it's quite an interesting perspective that you mentioned that maybe it's normal to not feel that confident when you're, right you're away, when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. Or in your teens, I think as kids, like a lot of kids are very, because we don't really face like fears, you know, like kids, like young kids, you always like one always says like, they're very honest and stuff, you know, they're unfiltered. But then I think in the teens, it starts probably to become like that we become less confident and then it grows again. Yeah. But yeah. I almost feel like it's a natural development of all, of the human being. You just, you're, you, you act one way as a child and then as a teenager, you try to break from the rules and rebel and then you go to your 20s and i feel like it's so beautiful because it's different yeah, stage of life definitely i agree something that i also really wanted to ask you i'm really curious what as you, you mentioned that you were semi-modeling and back in the day the industry was quite different uh, than what it is now and i was wondering what is your view on body positivity and what is your view on the way that current brands are I saw Victoria's Secret has changed their strategy completely, uh, Nike. And I was wondering, what are your thoughts on this whole reorganization of the model world? Um, I think like I have a, fr I have a friend and in London, she's German, but she lives in London and she is like, uh, I think they call it straight size, you know, like just natural, you know, like, I think I would be like a straight size model. Like if I would, if I was modeling, um, you know, you're not overweight, you're not underweight. Um, I love that anybody can do it now, you know, that you no longer have to, um, starve yourself. Or even I read back then I read like, uh, there was a model, I don't know her name, but she was a plus size model and she, she naturally would lose weight, but she wasn't allowed to. So she had to eat more and more, you know, um, I don't know much about the body positivity movement. Um, what I know though, from personal, like people I know personally, um, there's a lot of fake as well, you know, like, um, people that use hashtags, body positivity, um, they get lipo, lipo, you know, and they get jobs done, you know, so the, the, the body is more shaped and, I don't know. Like, to be honest, um, I think all those 
movements like it's definitely cool that you see more different um shapes and sizes and everything but still don't believe everything you see on the internet you know because i even find it more dangerous for someone that um, carries more weight to see someone super beautiful in like the same weight you know may maybe the same clothing size um, but they're super in shape you know when i'm heavier i'm not like curvy you know like no i think there are definitely women that are probably blessed and very curvy and you know like have a beautiful curvy um body but then there are a lot of um women that um are plus size and that aren't that um perfectly shaped and what they don't know that many of those women um are aren't natural that way either you know that went to the dock and got jobs done to look um like perfectly curved you know um that's why I'd be um, just um, careful in believing stuff, you know, get inspired and everything. But as we said, like, don't compare yourself um, because you have no idea what actually is going on behind closed doors. You know, what what's real, what's fake. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of um, like there's not a lot of transparency on both sides. Like it's, it's, it's always, um, you know, like the, the regular size is just living balance, but they're super skinny and you wonder like how and they're doing it. And then like the plus size, um, doesn't care about anything. Um, I'm not saying like of the, it's only, but they are, you know, people like that. Um, so you can't believe, um, you can't believe everything. I like, I definitely like that you, that, that you have more um, shapes and, and sizes, but um, still don't compare yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a great insight as well, just to know that we don't know so much of what exactly going on. Behind, exactly. Behind the closed doors and what is anyone is going through. And I think it's just like great insight and just to always fall back on not comparing yourself to anyone else and just being you in your own way. Yeah, this, exactly, exactly. And in being you in your own way, what are some of your future projects or some exciting things that you see yourself doing in the coming year, coming next few years? How, how do you plan to serve your community more and more? I'm yeah. sure you have some exciting plans. <laughs> yes, I definitely want to start a podcast. Like I wanted to start it earlier, but I wasn't really sure um, where I wanted to go, you know, with, with the podcast. And I've met, I connected with so many like um, people and I want to create this podcast and just make it an inspiring um an ins inspiring place, but also like, um, I want to interview people that have just different opinion on things, you know, like, um, that you don't hear so often, you know, and anything like lifestyle, like lifestyle and health, obviously. Um, so that's something I want to do. Um, and other than that, um, I definitely have like things in mind, but you know, like business wise, um, I want to create like a, a community, like, um, because right now I have like my TikTok, which is huge, you know, and I have the Instagram, um, but I don't have like one place where I can actually connect with them, um, on a deeper level, you know, that's something I would love to do. I just have to think about like how I have ideas and stuff, but, um, creating a community so they can also interact, you know, it's not just me and, um, showing them things like it's also, um, I had like a community meetup in London with, um, a few people and connecting them was amazing, you know, because, um, maybe you're in the same city and maybe you find someone, um, through me, I can connect you and then you can, um, you know, be on the same journey and, and get better together, you know, and not doing it alone. Because I think that's a, that's a huge thing that especially when it comes to binge eating and overeating, it's not discussed or it's not, yeah, discussed so openly and there aren't so many people. And, um, 
sometimes people feel very alone, you know, and that's what I want to, I want to create a community where people can actually connect so they don't have to do it alone because obviously I can't meet every one of my followers, you know, and hang out with them. So yeah, the podcast and the community, but the community, I'll have to see how I do it. Not sure. Yet. That's beautiful. There's so much power in community and yeah. people together, like-minded or people going in, going through similar struggles. And speaking about connecting, where people can find you, connect with you? Um, so I just actually redesigned my website because, um, I created this, like, I have a really nice blog where I really go into depth, you know, like in a 15 second TikTok video, it's not possible. Um, so samirapart.com is my website. And then on my socials, like, um, Instagram, I do, um, a lot of my stories, samirapart and my TikTok, like daily videos, also samirapart. Awesome. And my yeah. last question would be, let's say you're 80 years old, you're looking back at your life and you're saying, I wish I've done that. So now going back to this present moment, you have not done it yet, but you already know that you really, really need to do this. What it is for you, if you have anything like that. Um... I mean, I hope by the time I'm 80, I have grandkids, you know? So right now, maybe it's my age. I'm 32 now. I want like, like the idea of a family is just very like in my head, you know, like this, but, um, other than like creating a family is seeing more places. Like I've traveled a lot, but I've been, you know, like to a lot of cities, but I would love to see like places I've never been, you know, you do the usual stuff. You go to the Caribbean or you go to, I don't know, like New York or LA or, you know, like the cities, you know, I want to see, I've never been to Japan. I would love to take the train and travel through Japan for like a, a couple of weeks or three weeks or something. Like, um, I would love to travel more, but to actually, um, get to know, different cultures and not just seeing another great big, um, city, you know, I'm, I love cities, but you know, like I don't have to travel like 12 hours to see another big city, you know, when you, you have London and everything. Um, but yeah, I think traveling more and seeing more different nature and cultures and actually getting to know them and not just, um, the cities. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I hope you get to do that. Yeah. And, uh, I always love asking this question because I feel like it's quite thought provoking uh, for the guests coming on the show. And uh, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank I had so the best time with you, Samira. <laughs> I loved our conversation. I love the way you think. And uh, thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I'm so too. <laughs>